I'm Cash Walker, tight end from Grand Junction Central High School, class of 2023, and you're listening to the Playmakers Corner. Hey, y'all, what's good? It is Cody Stoffer with Playmakers Corner here, and we have another special guest on this series of Class of 2023 interviews here, another top five guy. If you'd like to introduce yourself, your name, what position you play, and the school that you go to, that would be awesome. My name is Cash Walker. Uh, I played tight end at Grand Junction Central High School. And that makes Cash the first Grand Junction player that we've had, I think, on a top five list, but definitely on here for the show. So I just want to say thank you once again for taking some time out of your day. Uh, For the listeners here, just for context, this episode is being recorded on March 27th at 8 a.m. We got some early risers here uh, between Cash and I uh, figuring it out. And I appreciate your flexibility in joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, the pleasure's all all ours. And, uh, you know, we like to just kind of get to know you as an athlete and, and get a little warm up here. And so I think the first question that we have for you is we, you know, would like to know what is your favorite sports experience or memory while playing? And, you know, we have people that do answer with football questions. This could be like a rivalry game. This could be, you know, a game like a revenge game from like a past year this could be a little league game this could be even something outside of football we've had some people answer with basketball or baseball stuff from time to time as well so just kind of mull through your uh, memory here and think about what is your favorite experience playing sports there's definitely a couple that come to mind like right off the bat Um, both of them are definitely from this senior season Um, there's this rivalry that we have here at central with palisade high school which is a little bit down the road and uh, each time we play them, uh, we play for something called the War Dog Trophy. Um, and that's been a pretty big deal because last year, our junior year, was the first year that we actually won it in 14 years. So to put that into perspective, wow. we were in kindergarten the last time that Central beat Palisade going into our junior year. So getting that trophy last year and getting that trophy this year uh, was a really good feeling for our senior class because that's something that we wanted really bad to repeat it twice. Yeah, no. And that's like a, that's a legacy set of wins. 14 years is a long time to uh, go without a dub in a rivalry. And I think that another thing for that is it just adds context for, for all of us here that, you know, don't quite make it out to that Western slope. And uh, I was, I was curious when I, when I did y'all's schedule preview, I was like, palisade you know i wonder if that's just because of like the location but to know that it is a rivalry game and that you know it is uh, a long time in the works to get these back-to-back wins is very gratifying and then you followed up with a win against uh grand junction the very next week and we'll talk more about the season later but i'm that's very exciting for for y'all 14 years that's crazy yep it was crazy for sure well, uh, speaking of other times that you might have gone crazy, we assume that most people who play sports are sports fans. So, you know, with that in mind, what is your favorite sports viewing experience? This could be a game that you watched growing up that was, you know, local, like at the high school or something like that. Or this could be a game that you attended, like a live game of, you know, any college or professional level or a game that maybe you watched on TV that is cemented as one of your favorite sport viewing experiences that thing where you think of, you know, as a fan, where did you get to enjoy the game probably the most? 
Um, I could talk about games that I've like watched on TV and stuff, but definitely to make it a little bit more personal, like um, with my decision with committing to CMU, um, I got to go to pretty much all their home games. And one of the games that I definitely remember the most is when they uh, played Fort Lewis. Um, that really just showed me like what the team's about, what the coaches are about. You know, the, the final score, I think, was like 76 to maybe seven. Like that kind of just oh opened my, my eyes a little bit about the program. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. Brutal. Fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, fun to watch since you were watching the team that was scoring over 70. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that is awesome. I can't wait to, you know, get a little bit more in depth with with your recruitment and whatnot, too. And we're very excited. And obviously, from all of us here at the pod, congratulations on your commitment, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. So and and I mean, that's that's got to be cool that, you know, it's it's still in that uh, that kind of local setting. But, um, you know, we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll turn to that here in a little bit. But for now, I kind of want to pivot here uh, to to our episode here as far as the top five class of 2023 tight ends and just kind of get your reaction to our evaluation of your game here, where I think we had you graded out at an average of like a 73.5 with high marks in hand slash ball skills and uh, solid marks in route tree slash versatility. And then uh, some emphasis on footwork, strength, and balance slash body control. What were kind of your reactions to hearing some of those grades, uh, whether they were fair or maybe, in your opinion, maybe needed a little bit of adjustment um, as, as far as our evaluation goes? Um, overall, after listening to it, I thought it was pretty fair. Um, something that you guys might not have known is with this senior season, um, I probably only had three or four catches going into the first five games, which is pretty crazy. Um, that's because we had a different offensive coordinator and uh, he actually ended up stepping down. I think game four, or game five, the game that we went into Montrose and I got that one handed catch. Um, that's really when the season turned around for me. Um, then I got 16 more catches after that was said and done. So if you think about it, I could have really doubled my numbers this season. Um, Based on what the stats that I had and the film that I had, I thought um, your guys' rankings was very fair in terms of everything that you guys ranked me, though. And this is the, that right there is exactly why we like to have the players on the show, because, you know, there's there's not like a, a Twitter. Um, well, there is Twitter for high school football, but it's not like, you know, an Adam Schefter level Grand Junction Central offensive coordinator steps down. You know, it's not, it's not like sweeping all over the place, especially as people who cover one through five A in football. So you know that does not go unnoticed um, that you you bring that up, and that is a huge difference. Like you said, um, getting halfway through the season and the offense is just constructed a little different. You know, and seeing you be able to churn that up because I mean without the context you know we're wondering is there like injuries happening or what have you but no it's just a different offense that you do get to run which is exciting to show you know your versatility in that regard and to to grow in that way and so I I appreciate you clarifying that and uh clearing that up as well and I guess you know before we dive a little bit more into your game, I actually might as well just talk about the Grand Junction Central season here. And uh, I mean, that's great context there. But what were like some goals heading into the season that you think the team was able to accomplish? And then what do you think are some lessons 
for some of the players that get to pick up the torch for this next year? I think the biggest thing uh, with our senior class, we were senior heavy this year on the field. I think both sides of the ball, we probably had at least seven or eight seniors touching the grass, which was really special because we've been with each other for the last four years. um, And we've set a lot of goals with each other for sure. And um, the biggest thing, like the imprint that we left, I feel like was changing the culture here. Um, That COVID year, um, we were in a situation, we went 0-6. Um, anybody could have beat us that year. Like, it just was not good. Um, going into our junior year, that's where we really took the leadership to the next level. Like, we took time out of our weeks to get together as a team and talk about goals and things that we need to improve on. And specific goals for this season, um, we wanted to sweep the Valley. Um, we fell short by one game, losing to Fruta. Um we wanted to be over 500 and we wanted to make playoffs. Um, our record didn't show the 500 being three and seven, but looking at like strength of schedule and help holding opponents to some of the scores that we did, um, that's what ultimately got us into the playoffs. So that's what we learned. And then in terms of learning things, I mean, um, there was just a lot of things that we just didn't, we just didn't do right in the game. And that's what lost us some games for sure. Yeah. And I mean, the, even this you know, sweeping the Valley, that's a, that's a great, you know, goal. And I mean, fruit of that very first game that you had a chance, you did hold them to 14 and uh, they were one of the higher seeds entering that, uh, that tournament and whatnot. So, you know, I mean, I am looking at the schedule and it is pretty intense. I mean, you know, obviously Fruita, playoff team, Palisade, playoff team in 3A, but a playoff team nonetheless. One that pulled off a big upset, mind you. Uh, Durango, I think they were a Final Four team in 3A. And then Montrose, one of the – routinely one of the highest seeds um, in, in that 4A bracket. Loveland, obviously they made it to the championship. So, yeah, no, I think that there's obviously – Uh, a lot to learn, but I mean, I think that the arc that you talk about and that growth that you were able to experience from 2020, I mean, 2020 was just a rough year, I think for a ton of programs. I coached up in uh, Greeley during that year and, you know, we had another, I think we were 0 and 6 or something along those lines. We might've even been 0 and 4 because I think our season got cut short because we had a COVID outbreak on, you know, on the roster and stuff. And so that was just a really tough time, but I'm glad to hear that your class, that class of 2023 uh, banded together there and, uh, you know, hope, you know, made a, made a shift so that everyone after you can, can pick up the torch and, and play for something bigger than themselves and play for that culture too. Yeah, definitely. And uh, now now we can kind of pivot back back to you a little bit here. What are some things, in your opinion, uh, separate you from other tight ends, whether that's in the state or in the country? Um, I'm going to get personal about this. Um, so going into sophomore year, I wasn't 6'4". I wasn't 225 pounds. Uh, I didn't even have a shot of playing college football at the time. I was just playing high school football. Um. Going into my junior year, um, that's when I really grew into my body. Um, and I kind of got the idea that, like, okay, I, c- I could actually do this. I could go to the next level. So that's when I really started to work hard fundamentally. Um, IQ, you know, just learning the game, watching film. Um, I took that summer seriously in the weight room. 
um, just speed work, training, all that good stuff. And uh, that's what separated me from that point on um, going into that junior year. And then um, going into the senior year, um, I even kicked it up a notch a little bit more in terms of like putting some good weight on, um, still maintaining my speed, getting stronger, you know, learning the game more, learning our offense, all that good stuff. And uh, that's what separated me this year the most, I feel like, just my work ethic for sure. Yeah, and that sounds like it kind of reflects that shift that y'all experience as a program as a whole, honestly, just like you said, as far as, you know, this is what we have to do in order to be a successful program. And it sounds like you took that to a personal level there. And I think that, you know, that's going to carry very, very well for you. And I mean, no time like the the best time after yesterday to start something is today, right? So I think that that was kind of, you know, a huge part, or that's what sounds like it was a huge part as far as you kicking up into that next gear. And I mean, yeah, be, being uh, adequately sized uh, doesn't hurt for sure. I mean, <laughs> you do have that, that, I mean, what is today that basically standard of, of a college tight end build? And so, you know, I think that obviously, you know, watching through your film, that's something that did, you know, become apparent. And uh, as far as, you know, being able to use your size to your advantage and being able to play the ball in the way that you were able to, you know, and use your hands and just position and everything like that. I think that that was, uh, you know, huge for us as far as looking into, you know, what, what you were as a prospect. And I mean, I think that your verticality slash contested catch was, yeah, it was your second highest overall grade for us there. And uh, yeah, being six, four, doesn't hurt, but I mean, you got to fill out that six foot four and uh, you know, I just want to give you some props right now for doing that and for turning up when it mattered most. Yeah, thank you. So, and I mean, like you said here, um, and I, I appreciate your honesty and transparency with us because, I mean, I really think that that helps the listeners, especially some of the younger guys that do like to listen to these interviews for advice and kind of figuring things out is is a big thing that we try and help with Colorado athletes and things like that. So, you know, you said, eh, you know, heading heading into that year, it was fun playing high school football. I didn't really think about college football, but I mean, obviously that mentality changed. And uh, I guess like, what was the recruiting process and journey like for you as far as, you know, figuring that out and kind of navigating that landscape that is so, so different from on the field stuff? Uh, it was hard for sure. Um, I didn't get a single look my junior year, even with the film that I had just sending it out um, with this whole recruiting process. I've I've probably sent thousands of emails. Could it could be D2, could be D1. It was just long and hard and frustrating at times, but I'm glad I ended up where I did for sure. But with recruiting, um I received my first offer going into senior year actually at a team camp at Colorado Mesa University. So they're they're the first people who actually offered me. So um that's pretty cool. Um and then as far as the other offers came, um, they came around, I want to say November-ish. All the other RMAC schools started to get interested. Um, that's where those offers started to roll in. Um, and then a couple NAI schools, but I wasn't really looking for something like that. No, that's fair. And I mean, the the recruitment comes at different times for all people. And I mean, one thing about y'all's class too and i just mean the class of 2023 in general is with that covid year that i mean everyone loves to talk about so much that extra year of eligibility made scholarships more 
you know, um, harder to give out as far as the programs go, harder to obtain as far as playing goes. And, uh, you know, I think that it's still a little backlogged even um, from that. And it will be for probably another two or three years, honestly, with uh, people getting creative with red shirts and gray shirts and yeah, every every other color under the rainbow, right? As far as orange, yellow, blue shirts or what have you, it sounds oh, yeah. like it seems like I learn a new one every day. Um, so you know, with the hand that you're dealt, uh, just being able to get that attention, get that spotlight, I think speaks to your school, your skill as a player, and uh, you know, to to the way that you're able to turn up. And I mean, you you have been able to get a lot of looks on what overall um, is is very you know, I'd say like limited data. Um, so I, I think that, you know, but I mean, it was enough to catch our eye here at the pod and, and to rank you inside that top five. And, you know, obviously it was enough for Mesa. And I guess, what does it mean to play for Mesa? You know, having, having been like a grand junction kid. And, uh, I mean, like you said, you got to see like, you know, firsthand then dominate against other schools in the state. But I guess like growing up, what was it like, you know, with with Mesa there and how big is that for the community of Grand Junction? Uh, I think it's a great opportunity because, you know, being a little kid, um, we always went to Mesa games with my dad and I. Um, we talked about it all the time. Like you're go- obviously going to play on this field like when you're in high school. But he's like, what if you play on this field when you're in college? And that w- never really was a realization until, like I said, like. I started to take things seriously and uh, the recruiting process really opened up and just playing in front of a hometown that, you know, supports you and um, the coaches too. They're the people that really made my decision for me because they've welcomed me with full arms. Um, the whole staff, um, really good people, really good coaches. I can tell that they care about me. And uh, that was a big part of my decision for sure. No, and that's so exciting that, uh, I mean, to be able to play on that field and then be able to continue to play on that field for home games is just, that's such a crazy, I, I feel unique, very unique experience for uh, Grand Junction players and whatnot. So I think that's awesome for you. And I'm glad to hear that it sounds like it's a great fit, you know, as far as the coaches go. And I mean, when you were doing your search, what were like, the priorities that you had from a school or a football program as you were kind of, you know, weighing your options here? Uh, it's kind of crazy, like how my mentality kind of shifted throughout the recruiting process. Um, at first I was kind of like, oh, it's D1 or bust. Like I have to make it work with a D1 school. Like I had like Montana State in mind, Boise State in mind. Um, but as it kind of was winding down and I wasn't getting those looks, whether that was because of my film or was whether because they didn't want me, you know, whatever it was, um, God put me in a position to go to Colorado Mesa University. And the biggest thing I felt throughout all of this is because I got some advice. It was go somewhere where somebody wants you. And I know that Colorado Mesa University wanted me. And that's just a really good feeling, like reflecting on everybody that was recruiting me. Like they put the most effort into me for sure. And I think that that's a good way to to make a choice. And, you know, I feel like that's a pretty common, you know, kind of re- recruiting tracking thing. Right. Because, I mean, look, when, when we grow up, w- what do we see on TV? We see D1. You know what I yep. mean? And and that's where that's where we all want to go, obviously. But, you know, you start you grow up and 
like, all right, what what can set me up here? What can I make out of this situation? How much can they help with school too? I mean, you talk tuition costs and stuff like that. And then it's mm-hmm. like, well, who's who's got a good deal for me? What can I, where can I save? And, you know, what opportunities will that afford? And so I think that you did a great job weighing your options. And, you know, uh, we, we have quite a few uh, PMC fam members out there at Mesa as well. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to see, see you interact with them from time to time probably. And, uh, you know, just grow into your role uh, with this team and with those coaches, man. Huge congrats once again. Um, I guess, you know, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but, you know, if you were talking directly to a younger player uh, that's kind of going through this process, what advice would you give them for recruitment and uh, how to best promote yourself? I would say start now. Don't wait because I know everybody says this, but it's so true. You could snap and your four years are over in high school football. And um, I kind of got a little late start to the whole recruiting process. I mean, junior year, that's when I started, but it really should have been earlier um, in terms of sending film and sending my, you know, colleges care about everything. It's not just you being a football player. It's, you know, it's having the grades, it's having the accolades. They care about that too. So the advice that I would give is set yourself up the best you can, not only on the football field, but in the classroom too, because they look at everything. And um, the earlier you start, um, the better it's going to be for you in the long run, because if a school has three years to look at you instead of one, that's probably going to better your chances of them offering you or uh, wanting you in general. No, I absolutely agree with that. And I mean, just looking at it, look, younger players, if you want an example on how to make a Twitter, go check out, you know, at cash underscore Walker 81 on Twitter. I mean, look, I it, it was so easy. And even as, you know, people who try and promote high school players, stuff like this makes such a difference. I'm like, oh, he goes to Grand Junction Central High School. It is 4A, 3.5 GPA. This is a recruitable player here because sometimes if you don't know what the GPA is or if it's not shown, that could be a little concerning. Is like, well, you know, cash may be 6'4", 225, but if he has a 2-1 GPA, that's a lot harder to recruit than a 3-5 GPA like the one that you have. So congrats on being a great student, first and foremost, and for having that GPA and, uh, you know, I, I think I agree with everything you have to say as far as, you know, and even if it sounds repetitive as far as, you know, what other people say about recruiting, sometimes death by repetition here to the ears, especially younger players. I mean, I remember, you know, being in high school and being a little thick headed, like I don't need to listen to what other people do or what they say. I got pads and I got a football like they'll see they'll hear. But no, you really got to yeah. reach out uh, unless you're like just insanely, you know just promoted. And, you know, if, if you're like a Derrick Henry coming out of high school, that's a little different, but even then it doesn't yep. hurt. Uh, even if you're that level of player to promote yourself, to go to things and, you know, team camps at uh, Mesa and stuff like that. I think that every little bit helps and nothing's going to hurt you uh, more than not doing anything. So um, I think that's fantastic advice here. And uh, I guess what are like some goals that you have for college ball? as far as, you know, heading into it and maybe some things that you want to accomplish or even if that's just uh, enjoying the experience. I don't know. Um, I've talked this over with my dad a lot, and uh, I kind of want to go into college football, not being the low man on the totem pole. I kind of want to go in and, like, 
set the standard, set the tone for the people that are above me right now, because ultimately I'm there to play football and I want to compete for my position. You know, even if I am a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, whatever it is, I'm going to compete for my position. And uh, that's something that I really want to shoot for going into fall camp. Heck yeah, man. And, and I mean, we're rooting for you here. And uh, what better way to to grow as a player and as a person than to push yourself, you know, regardless of of outcome. I love that, you know, it sounds like that process is, you know, integral to you as a player. And I mean, you know, that's something that you'll be able to carry with you. You know, I know that probably everyone around you says this, but, you know, at at some point, whether it's, you know, when you're 25 or whether you're 45, uh, or 47, however old Brady was, football eventually ends um, mm-hmm. for for you on the field. And I think that, you know, having that mentality is going to serve you very, very well on, you know, heading forward and everything that you do. So, you know, I think that's awesome. And I guess, you know, now that we're kind of getting towards the end of this interview, um, I'd like to just give you time to shout out anyone who's been important to your journey here. And I mean, feel free to take all the time that that you can get. You know, it takes a village is kind of my personal philosophy as far as somebody growing and developing and becoming who they are. So, you know, whether this is coaches, friends, family or other players or anything like that, communities, uh, feel free to just take your time and shout them out and thank them for your academic or athletic process here. Yeah, like you said, uh, it really is a village because I don't know if I can sit here and name everybody off, but um, I'll kind of go like the people that come to mind most and like that are just in my heart right now. And I'll just talk about it. Um, First and foremost, I just want to thank God for the opportunity that he's given me uh, to play college football and uh, all the things that come with it. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, I want to shout out my mom and dad because of all the sacrifices that they've made for me, you know, the early mornings, the late nights, um, the time that they, the, the amount of work that they've had to do to pay for all my camps that I've been to, um, all the traveling, all that, um, all my family members. Um, I want to thank my coaches too, um, because they set me up for success. You know, even though it was hard sometimes and a little bit bumpy, um, we made it through and it was, uh, humbling to be able to go and play to the next level. So I thank them for that. And I also want to thank my teammates because they were the people that pushed me through it all too. And then uh, the, the advice I always give to, uh, to people who, who do this shout out, like you said, cause it's impossible to remember everyone is you just go <laughs> and anyone else, you know who you are, you know, <laughs> just kind of uh, throw that blanket o- over the entirety. And, you know, I guess real quick before, um, we, we do kind of, uh, wrap this up. You know, you, you said teammates that, that helped push you. Who are some guys that we, we, we should, uh, maybe keep our eyes out for, uh, next year who might, uh, break out in that, uh, fall 2024 season for GJC here. Uh, the guys that I think of automatically in that junior class, it'll be seniors next year. Uh, Cam Redding, uh, he's a, he's a playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. Um, he played safety for us. Uh, he just came downhill and hit people. He probably had about, I want to say, 10 tackles a game just at that safety spot coming downhill and hitting some kids. So he's he's one to look out for, for sure. Um, I'd also say Jamarcus Cameron. He's more of a receiver, corner kind of guy. Um, with the seniors that are graduating, I think they're going to try to give him the rock as much as they can, as, but, as a lot, trying to throw him the ball. And uh, just the offensive line in general because – 
we had some younger guys on that front this year, offensively and defensively. So just watch out for them because I think they could develop and mold into some good offensive and defensive linemen. Awesome. And I, I always appreciate this, especially when I'm interviewing uh, people from schools that I'm in charge of doing the uh, season previews for. So I'm like, yeah, all right. I at least have a couple of names to look up uh, to start. Otherwise, you know, um, relying on max preps can be a little dicey, um, especially, yeah. if, you know, I especially if there's somebody that's been in the works and uh, maybe didn't have a ton of stats and then burst onto the scene, such as yourself. I probably missed you during the uh, season preview, to be completely honest. So thanks for uh, playing big and showing up so that uh, that made our jobs a little bit easier here. But, uh, you know, I just want to say once again, Cash, thank you so, so much for uh, taking time and, and joining us here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. And everyone who is listening, once again, that was Cash Walker the number five tight end in the class of 2023, according to our Colorado State senior rankings here, who put on a good show and helped this, you know, GJC team uh, find success and whatnot. So, you know, huge congrats to him and his commitment. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier in the interview, be sure to go find him on Twitter, cash underscore Walker eight one. And, you know, keep tabs on his career because I think that he's going to be making some seriously big plays for that Mesa squad. But, you know, on top of following him, once you're on Twitter, go ahead and find us at Playmaker Corner on Twitter or Playmakers Corner on Instagram, all just one word. Playmakers Corner spelled out two words on Facebook. Those are all great places to find us. If TikTok is not banned by the time this episode comes out, please be sure to find us on TikTok and enjoy that content. Uh, Playmakers Corner, uh, all one word, where, you know, we'll put little clips of these interviews and some highlights up and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, just have fun with it. So, you know, you can find us on all those places. We'll also be on YouTube, uh, Playmakers Corner, where you can, you know, listen to episodes on there. And you can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And, you know, when you do that, make sure that you hit that little flag or follow or like button so you get notified whenever we have new episodes come out. Um, or if you follow us on social media, you'll be able to see all those. But, you know, as for this episode, I've been your host, Cody Stoffer, and we'll catch you on the flip. Boom!